Welcome, America. Fasten your seatbelts. This is The Jay Sheldon Show. Biometrically you, they got you coming and going, and if you have a credit card, you're going to be required to register your eyeballs or your DNA or your fingerprints or your face or whatever. Apple, they are saying hasta la vista, baby, to electric vehicles. They smartened up and don't want anything to do with it. Huh. And no more Buy America? What? What happened to the Buy American policy? Well, Joe Biden is pretty much just getting rid of it. Typical. Typical, typical, typical. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Oh my, it is the almost last day of February, but this is a leap year, so we got an extra day tomorrow, February 29th, a leap year, how about that? It is a Wednesday, we are halfway through the week, just starting out our day, welcome in to everybody, and a hat tip and a hello and a welcome as a new follower to McGroin Hertz. <laughs> Uh, the McGroin family over on the Dan Bongino show is a huge part of their chat group. And to have an, I, I assume you are one of those McGroins. If you are, I'm so honored that you are here. Thank you so much. A very big hat tip to you. Thanks for uh, following the show. We really do appreciate that. It means a lot. It really does. All right. McGroin hurts. Well, my groin doesn't hurt, but McGroin hurts is following along. Okay, all that and more coming up. We got that tonight, today, and uh, we're going to chat about that. The bio, the bio thing is just, <clears throat> it's, I told you before, months ago, they're going to sneak it in, in little convenient-for-you ways. It'll make your life so much easier. Mm. So will it make storing all of your data for the government. Yep, it's happening. All right, our show brought to you by the great folks at Blackout Coffee, one of our primary sponsors. They are an amazing coffee company that is right here in America and dedicated to American values, our values as conservatives. Honesty, truth, integrity. This is what this company is all about in addition to making the best coffee you've ever had. They work with local co-ops and American farmers to source the best beans available. They slow roast process them, batch, slow roast, small batch ro roasting process, which means they only roast your beans once you order. These are not these giant conglomerations who roast hundreds of thousands of pounds of coffee beans at the same time, shove them in bags, stick them on the store shelves, and they sit there for months until you buy them. They're not fresh roasted. They're garbage. Fresh roasted means it's roasted 48 hours after you order it and then shipped off to you. It gets to your house in a few days. You got fresh roasted coffee. I'm telling you, Blackout Coffee not only supports America, they make the best coffee on earth. McGroin Hertz in the chat. Buy China? Yeah, pretty much that's what it's going to come down to. And Marilyn said, I was here before you for a change. <laughs> well, that's actually, I've been, usually I sit around about 15, 20 minutes before the show starts, make sure everything gets in order. I've got everything lined up, everything ready to go. So, yeah, but nevertheless, thank you. Appreciate you being here, Marilyn, one of our great P1 uh, viewers. 
You know what? Something occurred to me today as I was reviewing through Blackout Coffee's website, and I don't talk about this enough. If you're into coffee, no doubt, hands down, best coffee ever. Buy a bag, just get one bag, try it, you will be back. It's incredible coffee. But they also make this full line of cocos and teas, and they're amazing. For those about to drink cocoa, we salute you. <laughs> cocoa Sips by Blackout Coffee. Take a look at some of these flavors. They're little packets, and they're amazing. Sweet hot cocoa, dark chocolate cocoa, chocolate peppermint patty. Remember peppermint patties? Oh, man, I haven't had one of those in years. Uh, chocolate cherry dump cake. These are all hot cocos. Dark chocolate orange and chocolate-covered strawberries. Oh, man, these, look at the pictures. These things look so good. They're not expensive, about nine bucks a bag, and you can get them over at Blackout Coffee. They also sell these amazing hot cocos. Incredible. And if you don't, in fact, you know what? You can make it as a hot cocoa, because I assume you need the hot water to make the mix blend up. But then if you want, Cool it off, stick some ice in it. You have a great iced chocolate drink, which would be really nice. Either way, perfect. Not only that, but if you are into teas, take a look. Upleaf Tea by Blackout Coffee. Old Fashioned Earl Grey. Rooibos Roy Superior. Passion Fruit Peach, which is, a, they, we have that here. It's amazing. Uh, Masala Chai Tea. Folks, have you ever had masala tea from India? Oh, it's incredible. If you've never experienced masala tree, please check it out. It's just that good. Uh, jasmine tea, ginger lemon herbal tea. They've got all kinds of great teas and cocos, hot cocoa flavors at Blackout Coffee. The coffee beyond words amazing and don't forget when you uh, order use our promo code at checkout j20 jay20 my first name and you will get 20 percent off your first order jay20 is our promo code for 20 percent off your first order from blackout coffee welcome be sure that you uh check them out buy something help support the show and help support an all-american company mcgroin hurts and roasting my beans. Hmm. <laughs> oh, man. I knew this was going to go sour right from the top. I, I just knew it. I love it. I love it. All right. <laughs> oh, man. It's still early in the morning, and it's been a hell of a day so far. All right biometrically yours reclaim the net has done a story that you need to know about and i have warned you about it before and that's not all whole oh look at me i'm nostradamus that's the signs were everywhere they're still everywhere and now they're coming true marilyn says seriously only you could make a commercial interesting this is sad <laughs> It's not sad. It's just a commercial for blackout coffee. You really should try it. It's just that good, and it's not expensive. All right, Visa, you know, the credit card Visa, they have applied, applied for biometric authentication 
patent. Yep, here we go. The growth of controversial biometric payment methods. Visa, one of the two biggest payment processors in the world, apparently is looking to move into biometric data-based authentication, according to a patent they've applied for. Visa claims this would be fully privacy-friendly. Uh-huh. That's like saying, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. That's like saying, this is for the common good. MasterCard, Microsoft, Google, all exploring ways to ultimately use similar methods. If you don't know, basically we're talking, the, the simplest way that is even in use on handphones is a fingerprint. A lot of phones these days, to unlock them, you can use your fingerprint. That's biometrics. In one of its simplest forms. In a more complex form, it would be facial recognition, which again, a lot of phones, a lot of cell phones have those these days. Iris scans are in use, not as common, but they're out there. So you got fingerprints, you got palm prints, you got eyeballs, you got facial recognition. Google's, Apple's, and Samsung's payment services already provide this supposedly seamless payment system. I have on my cell phone a, uh, I forget, it's a near-field NFT, NFR, I, what did I, I don't know what it's called, it's some technical mumbo-jumbo, but basically it's like a little Visa card. I call it up and I put in my biometric ID, fingerprint, or a PIN number, and then I just wave it, and it makes the payment, just like that, contactless. All my data is in there, and that scares the hell out of me. What I'm buying, where I'm buying it, how much it costs. If Visa's patent, designed according to the giant's filing, to provide biometric templates for privacy-preserving authentication is approved and implemented, the end result would be there are no more PIN numbers. Now, some people, especially us older folks, are going, oh, thank God, I don't have to remember a PIN number. I got 50 of them. But replacing it with biometric information means all your data is contained right there at the end of your finger. Swipe it in and off you go. ATMs, payment checkouts, and Visa is making sure to note the technologies used can be extended. How about the front door lock on your apartment or your house? Eep, biometric. Or letting people into places like theaters, sports arenas, amusement parks. Biometrically. No more tickets, just Scan your palm and off you go. Basically, it would allow Visa to monetize this patent by licensing it to other companies. So they're making money off of making money. <laughs> the patent says the system would work by customers enrolling in the program. 
They're going to make it so impossible. Stores are going to not accept anything else. I see stores now here, time after time, no cash, cashless payments only. I try not to use those stores, even if I'm not paying by cash. Because good old-fashioned cash cannot go away. It cannot, please, please use stores that take cash. Even if you're paying by credit card or a debit card, use the stores that still take good old American cash. The whole article's in our show notes. It's from the Reclaim the Net site, and it's got a lot more details in there, and you ought to be updated on it because it's happening. It's going to happen. I warned you before, it absolutely is going to overwhelm, and your data is going to be out there, and it will be available for sale to the highest bidder. Aladdin, my beans shriveled when Biden did his late-night woke tour. <laughs> A lot more than my beans shriveled. Did you see that? Who was it? Jimmy Kimmel? I forget. I played a cut from it last night, I think. It was just, it was such a joke. Such a joke. And like I said, I think I, last night I said I'm surprised they had enough B12 on the planet to be able to pump into this rotting bag of oatmeal to get him to last long enough for an interview. Anyway, it doesn't stop. It never stops. It won't stop until we say no, until we draw our line and say, nope, not going to take it, not putting up with that crap anymore. Be thankful you do not live in India, my friends. I know, you know, the, the audio part of our show is a podcast. This show is actually also a podcast. After our live stream, Monday through Friday, we take the audio, we suck the audio out, clean it up a little bit, and then we upload it to our distributor. And it goes out to all the podcast platforms. You can find this show on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Geo7 in India, where we have a pretty decent audience over there at Geo7. And uh, all the, you know, wherever Stitcher, they're all got our podcast on it. Look for The Jay Sheldon Show and subscribe if you would. Anyway, we have a good audience in India. I don't know why. I don't really talk about it. It's the first story I've done on India in months. But man, it involves Bill Gates, it involves digital ID, and it's just more of the same bullshit we just talked about in the first story. Bill Gates praises. Now, whenever a headline starts with Bill Gates praises, you can be assured the rest of it isn't going to be good for the rest of us. Praises India's sweeping digital ID system as a model for other countries. Oh yeah. DPI, buzzword pushed by the UN that encourages digital ID rollouts. It has its critics in India, according to a, uh, the people opposed to digitizing your ID. Gee, I wonder why people wouldn't want that. But it's gotten praise from Bill Gates who cares? As one of the country's innovations that are changing the world. Yes, but what you forgot to say is changing the world and not for the better. Gates, EU, UN officials referring to such systems as digital public infrastructure. 
which is a buzzword basically for digital payments, digital ID all by 2030. Gates announced on his blog he's visiting India, made sure to note that the Gates Foundation is involved in what he calls efforts that are saving millions of lives. Really? That's a first. Their production of another of Gates' passions, which of course is murderous vaccines. Microsoft founder has another passion, agriculture. He made sure to note he'd be visiting a monitoring center where agriculture meets Adha'ar. More whopping numbers. The government uses this center in Odisha that has a registry of 7.5 million farmers. Wow. And the system gives them real-time guidance on how to farm according to Gates. It's basically a surveillance state's wet dream. As far as the right infrastructure is concerned, officials can keep track of who is growing what. And Gates said this is done for the sake of providing those farmers with advice. It is practically a rule that projects like DPI effectively get tested in developing countries like India, like Malaysia. Global financed institutes all push this crap. The World Bank. Gates mentions development around the implementation of DPI in Odisha, monitored by the World Bank as well as Ethiopia and Sri Lanka ostensibly in order to replicate the programs in those countries. And that's why I tell you, do not ignore these stories when they happen in another country. No matter how insignificant or far away those countries may be, because they are simply test countries. And the next stop will be Europe, and the United States, just like that visa program that's being patented as we speak. Hunter Biden, who says he's too old? Uh, me, for one. He was amazing. I really liked it when he wore shades during his interview. Really cool. Mm -hmm. Really embarrassing. McGroin Hurt says he wore shades to hide his dilapidated pupils. <laughs> I wonder what drugs they had the puppet on. You know there's a... I mean, can you imagine the kind of needles this guy takes every day? Or any day he's going to be in public? Which is not that often these days. They got to have him pumped up on so much... It's got to be something more than B12. I'm sure of that. And here's more news from this ass. The administration, that would be the Biden administration is waiving some of the requirements to buy America. That for a $42 billion broadband internet project. 
This development follows a year or so of engagement with stakeholders, including U.S. manufacturers and internet providers, who could be impacted by this waiver. Right now, the rules are you buy American. They are, uh, Biden administration announcing they are waiving their made in America requirements for components used in this $42 billion broadband internet bro uh, project build out because not enough of the materials like fiber optic cables are produced in the U.S. Well, let's just see how we could fix that. Hmm. Oh, I guess we'll just buy it from foreign places like, oh, say, China. Under the BABO, which is Buy American, Build America, Buy America, enacted as part of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, any federally funded infrastructure projects are subject to domestic procurement requirements, which basically means you got to buy it from American companies. Iron, steel, manufactured products, construction material, all used in the infrastructure uh, business, have to be made in the U.S., according to the BABA rules. Made in American legislation allows for heads of federal agencies to apply for waivers under certain conditions, like when using domestically made products, it would increase the cost by 25% or more, if doing so would be inconsistent with the public interest. Another possible condition for a waiver is if the materials and the products are subject to domestic procurement preferences and they aren't produced in the U.S. or insufficient quality or standards. Well, they applied for a BABA waiver and on February 22nd, just a few days ago, they got a green light. In order to meet the needs of the Biden administration's broadband internet build-out program, they now do not need to follow the BABA rules and buy American. Because they don't care. These communist bastards who will do everything and anything they can and are doing it to break this country and bring it to its knees. Schumer, fat airbag bullshit artist, why is he still in Congress? Why? Who elects this idiot? Take a look at this video here. This is Schumer talking about Ukraine's border. Never mind the fact that we have a border which is wide open and leaking like a sieve. That's not what he's concerned with. Take a listen. urgency of supporting Ukraine and the consequences to the people of America, to America's strength, if we don't do anything and don't do anything soon. I was so, so shaken by what I saw at the border. I was, 
I was strengthened by the, by the strength of Zelensky and the Ukrainian people and the Ukrainian soldiers, but shaken that here they are fighting without arms against a brutal dictator who will just do anything to kill them. And the intensity in that room was surprising to me. But because of the passion of the president, the vice president, leader, leader uh, Jeffries, speaker, uh, leader McConnell and myself, it was. And, you know, Johnson tried to answer and he made it clear he wants to do something on the border. But we made it clear to him we can't tarry or the war could be lost. And second, we had to we wanted to do border and have a tough, secure border plan, as we showed. We Democrats showed in the Senate. But he can't say it won't do Ukraine until we get border. He's tried to do border for six months and couldn't come up with a single Democratic vote. Bullcrap. You will do everything you can to protect Ukraine's borders while you don't literally give a single crap about our own border. Give me this crap he's tried. You've fought him tooth and nail every step of the way, mostly behind the scenes, you piece of garbage. He wore shades to hide his left. Yeah, we read that. Aladdin says probably uh, Ritalin or Adderall. <laughs> Fletcher Getcher. I hope I'm saying your name right. I welcomed you into the show as a follower, new follower. Thank you, by the way, for that. White House cocaine, most likely, but of course we wouldn't know where the source is. And Ed from Needles. Ed, hey, good to see you in tonight. He is uh, literally the face of treason. Yeah, shoot. Uh, yeah, yes. Literally, a treasonous bastard, this Schumer guy. He always has been. How he continues to, well, I know how he gets elected. It's because of the state that he represents, of course. McGroin hurts McConnell, beats him out on that. <laughs> I'm telling you, McConnell is, yeah, please, he is beyond retirement. They might as well just stick him in the ground and nail him in. Hey, I love the phrase, we will shut down the border or shut down the government. Shut it down, why not? Matt Gates put an X post up. He says, I'm not a cheerleader for government shutdowns, but if we don't shut the border, then we have to utilize our leverage and not allow the remaining elements of the Biden administration to continue. Truer words, friends. Here he is on, uh, on the Salem News Channel with Sebastian Gorka. Government shutdown. My team here that has to live and work around the swamp, they want a government shutdown. Can we have a government shutdown, please, Matt? Uh, look, I'm not a cheerleader for government shutdowns, but if we don't shut down the border, then we have to utilize our leverage and, and, and not allow the remaining elements of the Biden administration to continue. Uh, I'm disappointed that there doesn't seem to be sufficient support among Republicans to really fight on the spending cuts we need on uh, the border uh, policies that we must demand. And it feels like we're going to have yet another punt, yet another extension of, of uh, the spending of Joe Biden, the policy choices of Nancy Pelosi. And, uh, you know, it's just not good enough. We, we have got to get better people into Congress in order to have a, a more fighting spirit. Uh, and that's really the key window of time we're in right now. 
could not have said it better myself. We need to get people in Congress, get rid of these old asses like Mitch McConnell, Schumer, Pelosi, all of them. Dump all of them. Fresh people with fresh spirit, fresh ideas. People not afraid to stand up and say, no, we're not doing that. It's not right. I think you're right, Fletcher. Mike Johnson will cave. I liked Mike Johnson. He got off to a good start. But honestly, what I've seen from him, he is pulling back. He's wavering. He's getting a little milk toasty. He will cave. I Let me put it to you this way. I'm hoping not. But it absolutely, absolutely would not surprise me in the least if or, or when he caves. Not surprise me at all. Our next item in the uh, show notes is probably going to change. But let me just check it first before I share this page with you, because I actually saved the other page. Yeah, I think the other one might be better. Let me see how I can do this. Hang on. Give me a quick second here. Don't go away. <laughs> and I got to figure this out kind of on the fly. Okay, here we go. This is the post-millennials front page from about 3, 4 o'clock this afternoon. Take a look. This is the front page of the website great news source called the Post-Millennial. Salvadorian illegal immigrant arrested in Maryland in connection with the murder of a two-year-old. Honduran illegal immigrant arrested for the rape of a 14-year-old at knife point and separate stabbing incident in Louisiana. Story about Trump. ICE arrests Guatemalan illegal immigrant convicted of sexually assaulting a child in Boston. There's the dirt bag now. Illegal immigrant charged in Lake and Riley's murder, seen disposing of bloody evidence, according to a neighbor. And on and on and on, these stories continue all through this website. Just like I said, I randomly went there to check out what was happening in the news, and it stood out to me because it was just so obvious. Every story after story after story after story. More violent violence from illegal immigrants scattered across this country and just welcomed in, no check and balance from this idiot administration. The headlines are there every day in every news site that isn't mainstream legacy media because they're of course doing everything they can to cover for the administration you won't see that unbelievable 
Apache Roberts, hey, welcome in. The Uniparty has too much to lose. Mm, true. Uh, they'll renew the government funding, send more taxpayer money to the Ukraine, and continue to leave our borders open, and then blame the Republicans. That's how it works. That is, in a nutshell, exactly their playbook. They've always used it, made no bones about it, and they continue to this very day. Good comment, Apache Roberts. All right, Apple's done with electric. Oh, yeah. I want to rock down to Electric Avenue. Remember that song? Who was that? Eddie somebody, right? Who sang that song? Electric Avenue. Was it a group or was it like some one guy? I want to say Eddie something. I'm usually good at this. And it was an 80s song, so I'm usually really good at it. I don't know. Electric Avenue. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sidetracked much? Oh, look, a squirrel. Okay. Apple's done with electric vehicles. They're finished. They are going to end their pursuit of developing EVs. Why? Because nobody wants them. They're garbage. Sorry, Elon. Love you to pieces. Love what you're doing with X. Love your space program. Your cars are kind of cool, but not a big fan. And certainly not a fan of being forced into using one. Apple will not be bearing the fruits of its labor in developing electric vehicles. The company has dropped any plans of entering the electric vehicle auto business, or the auto business at all, actually. That announcement from Apple was made internally on Tuesday, yesterday, which marks the end of the company's multi-year endeavor, uh, endeavor called Project Titan. 2,000 Apple employees worked on this project, which started in 2014. Their attempt to enter the electric vehicle market hit all kinds of speed bumps, including shifting leadership over the project. Basically, it was a mess. The move by Apple, seemingly celebrated by billionaire Elon Musk, of course, that'd be one less competitor for him, Social media, Musk posted two emojis sharing the news, one with a face giving a salute and another being a lit cigarette. <laughs> Apple's departure from its venture into automobile development comes as Tesla, one of the biggest electric vehicle developers in the world, started uh, earlier this year with their vehicle volume growth rate could be notably lower compared to last year. Again, because people are waking up and realizing they're garbage, they're not convenient, they don't work, and they don't do absolute shit for helping the environment. Don't give me that argument either because you're full of it. Where do you think the electricity comes from, you moron? Aladen, you're right. Thank you. Eddie Grant. Oh, I did not know that. That song was named after the Electric Avenue of London Shopping Plaza. Cool. Yeah, Eddie Grant, I want to rock down to Electric Avenue, and then you get me higher. Man, I remember that song. I was out clubbing when that song was popular. That's just how freaking old I am. <laughs> yes, electric vehicles, climate change. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. The sky is falling, chicken little, blah, blah, blah. Please, please. 
please open your mind, read or listen to something beyond the legacy media. Find out the truth. The truth will set you free. And guess what? Probably the most encouraging story we've done on this show today. It's from Red State, and it's great. Young people, young people, don't give a damn about climate change. Yes! We're winning. Little bites. We're taking little bites and little bites and little bites. This is so cool. Young people are unwilling to make even the smallest financial sacrifice to stop so-called climate change, according to a new poll. CRC Research for 85 Fund, reported by the Daily Mail, under half of the people between 18 and 34, less than half, would be willing to pay just $10 a month to prevent a supposed climate catastrophe. 45% of the youngest crop of voters, 18 to 34, <laughs> willing to spend 10 bucks or less to combat climate change. According to a recent survey, one out of five, 20% in the same age bracket, said they wouldn't pay anything, no matter what the price, according to the poll results. Young people are waking up. Survey also showed, survey says, older people, you know, you and I, less willing to open your wallets to support this climate change bullshit. A staggeringly small number of respondents said they would commit over $100 a month. But that number? Very, very tiny. Some findings make for depressing reading for climate activists. Ha ha. Those spreading fear about the impending environmental collapse. We're all gonna die! Ah, this makes me feel good. This makes me feel so damn good. Young people are waking up. Young people are not taking the legacy media's headlines and news stories for granted. Young people are not believing the bullshit. They're researching. They're finding out more. They have access to more places. You know, like I've said a million times, back in my day... If Dan Rather or Peter Jennings or Tom Brokaw didn't say it on one of the three networks, it didn't happen. Nowadays, who the hell watches those networks? Nobody. This is great. This is fantastic news. You want to see the rest of these survey results? They're in the show notes. Ed from Needles, that's because the young and old are freaking broke due to Biden. You know what? I am very sure. I thought the same thing as I was reading that. One of the reasons is they may or may not give a damn about climate change, but they can't afford the 10 bucks. Thanks to Bidenomics. 10 bucks is a lot of money these days. Didn't used to be, but it is now. So I'm sure that goes into part of that formula. 
they just can't afford it. They've got more important things like, mm, oh, I don't know, say, uh, eating. Good news for a change. Good, good news. All right. One last one before we get on to our book. And this one, once again, I found one that is going to break your heart. It is absolutely insanely good news. It is someone, this country is full of people like this, folks. We just don't hear about them very often, which is why I always try and find these kind of stories to bring to you. After complaining and bitching about all those idiots in Washington and all the other places and Bill Gates and all the people trying to destroy all that is good about this country, it'd be very easy to believe we've fallen into the abyss. Evil has won. Evil has not won. There are still amazing people in every corner of this planet, especially here in the good old U.S. of A. This guy named Tanner, young boy, his father passed away in the line of duty, I might add, and his father's car was being sold at auction. He didn't have a whole lot of money, but he wanted to buy his dad's car, who had passed away in the line of duty. It wasn't going so well. And then this happened. Take a watch and a listen. I have enough 50 here to be 50. Thank you very much. More than he could afford at the auction. Tanner's limit had come and gone. 60 now, 62 and a half. Y'all done? Sold it your way, Mr. Steve Wells. Thank you very much. $60,000. And so had his dad's car. Or so he thought. Tanner, here's your card. A stranger wow. just bought Tanner his dad's car. Thanks a lot, man. He had no idea that that guy... Wow. Look at that. Complete stranger. Did not know who Tanner was, but knew the story behind Tanner's dad. Man just paid $60,000 at an auction and gave the car back to his son. Do not give up, folks. Do not give up. This country is full of people like that. They are. They're out there. Leading just common, ordinary, everyday lives and doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Man. Wow. Okay. I'm telling you, know, every time, if you see any of those stories, by the way, please send them to me. Always looking for outlets and sources for stories like this because I love bringing them to you. Show at jsheldon.com is our email for this show. Show, S-H-O-W at jsheldon.com. You can write us with anything. Show suggestions, complaints, whatever it is you want. Feel free. Show at jsheldon.com. A lady says 10 bucks will get you a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk. There you go. All right. It's book time, The Little Peppers, The Five Little Peppers in particular, where measles has taken over. It's getting really bad, too, as a matter of fact. So uh, let's dig in. 
to our book and continue on with the five little peppers. Polly's eyes didn't get any better. With all the care, the lines of worry on Mrs. Pepper's face grew deeper and deeper. At last, she just confronted Dr. Fitcher in the kitchen. One day after his visit to Polly and boldly asked him if they could ever be cured. I know she's, and there isn't any use be keeping it from me, said the poor woman. She's going to be stone blind. My good woman, Dr. Fisher's voice was very gentle. He took the hard brown hand in his own. Your little girl will not be blind. I tell you the truth. Gonna take some time to make her eyes quite strong, time and rest. She's strained them in some way, but she'll come out of it. Praise the Lord, said Mrs. Pepper, throwing her apron over her head and then sobbed on. Thank you, sir. I I can't ever thank you for for, for if Polly was was blind, we, we we might as well just give up. The next day Phronsie, who had the doctor's permission to sit up, only she was to be kept from taking colds, scampering around in stocking feet in search of her shoes, which she hadn't seen since she was first taken sick. I want on my very best shoes, she cried. Can't I, Mammy? Oh, no, Phronsie, you've got to keep them nice, remonstrated her mother. You can't wear them every day, you know. "'Tisn't every day,' said Phronsie slowly. "'It's only one day.' "'Well, and then you'll want them on again tomorrow,' said her mother. Oh, "'No, I won't,' cried Phronsie. "'Never. No more tomorrow. "'If I can have them today, please, Mammy dear.' "'Well, Mrs. Pepper went to the lowest drawer in the high bureau, "'took, therefore, a small parcel done up in white tissue.' slowly unrolling this before the delighted eyes of the child, who stood patiently waiting. She disclosed the precious red-topped shoes, which Phronsie immediately clasped to her bosom. My very own, my very own shoes, whole mine, she cried, and trudged out into the kitchen to put them on herself. Hula, cried Dr. Fisher, coming in about a quarter of an hour later to find her tugging laboriously at the buttons. New shoes, I declare. My own, cried Phronsie, sticking out one foot for inspection, where every button was in the wrong buttonhole, and they've got red tops, too. So they have, said the doctor, getting down on the floor beside her. Beautiful tops, aren't they? Beautiful, sang the child delightfully. Does Polly have new shoes every day? asked the doctor in a low voice, pretending to examine the other foot. Phronsie opened her eyes very wide at this. Oh no, she, she don't have anything, Polly don't. And what does Polly want most of all? Do you know? See if you can tell me. And the doctor put on the most alluring expression he can muster. Oh, I know, cried Fonzie, with a very wise look. There now, cried the doctor, you're the girl for me. You know. So what is it? 
Phronsie got up very gravely, and with one shoe half on, she leaned over and whispered in the doctor's ear, A stove. A what? asked the doctor, looking at her, and then at the old black thing in the corner that looked as if it were ashamed of itself. Why, she's got one. Oh, said the child. It won't burn, and sometimes Polly cries, she does. When she's all alone, I see her. Now, said the doctor very sympathetically, that's too bad it is, and, and then what does she do? Oh, Ben stuffs it up, and the child laughing, so does Polly, too, with paper, and then it all tumbles out quick, just as quick. Phronsie shook her yellow head at the dismal remembrance. Do you suppose, said the doctor, getting up, that you know of any smart little girl around here about mm, four years old that knows how to button on her own red top shoes that would like to go to ride tomorrow morning in my carriage with me? Oh, oh, I do, said Phronsie, hopping on one toe. It's me. Hmm. Very well, then, said Dr. Fisher, going to the bedroom door. We'll look out for tomorrow, then. To poor Polly, lying in the darkness, sitting up in the big rocking chair, for Polly really wasn't very sick in other respects, the disease having gone all into her merry brown eyes. The time seemed interminable. Not to do anything. The very idea at any time would have filled her active, wide-awake little body with horror. And now, here she was. Oh, dear, I can't bear it, she said when she was new by the noise in the kitchen that everybody was out there, so nobody heard except a fat old black spider in the corner. And he didn't tell anyone. I know it's a week, she said, since dinner time. If, if Ben were only well to talk to me. Oh, I say, Polly, screamed Joel at that moment, running in. Ben's a-coming down the stairs. Stop, Joe, said Mrs. Pepper. You shouldn't have told. He wanted to surprise Polly. Oh, is he, cried Polly, clasping her hands in rapture. Mammy, can I take off this horrid bandage and see him? Oh, dear me, no, said Mrs. Pepper, springing forward. Not for the world, Polly. Dr. Fisher, to have our ears off. Well, I can hear anyway, said Polly, resigning herself to the remaining comfort. Here he is. Oh, Ben. There, said Ben, grasping Polly, bandage and all. And now we're all right. And say, Polly, you're a brick. Mammy told me not to say that the other day, said Joel, with a very virtuous air. Can't help it, said Ben, who was a little wild over Polly, and besides, he'd been sick himself and had borne a great deal, too. Now, said Mrs. Pepper, after the first excitement was over, you're so comfortable together, and Phronsie don't want me now, I'll go to the store. I must get some more work if Mr. Atkins will give it to me. Oh, I'll be all right now, Mammy, that Ben's here, cried Polly, settling back into the chair, with Phronsie on the stool at her feet. I'm going to tell her stories, Ma, cried Ben, so you needn't worry about us. Isn't it funny, Ben, said Polly, as the gate clicked after the mother, to be sitting still and telling stories in the daytime? 
Rather funny, replied Ben. Well, do go on, as Joel, as usual, said, rolling on the floor in a dreadful hurry for the stories to begin. Little David looked up quietly as he sat on Ben's other side, his hands clasped tightly together, just as eager, though he said nothing. Well, once upon a time, Ben began delightfully and launched into one of the stories that the children thought was perfectly lovely. Oh, Benzie, cried Polly, entranced as they listened with bated breath. However do you think of such nice things? Oh, I've had enough time to think this last week, Ben said, lasting a lifetime. Uh, do go on, put in Joel, impatient at the delay. Oh, don't hurry him so, said Polly reprovingly. He isn't strong. Uh, ben, said David, drawing in a long breath, his eyes very big. Did he really see a bear? No, said Ben. Oh, where was I? <coughs> oh, yes, said Ben, I remember. <clears throat> Twasn't a... Oh, please make it a bear, Ben, cried Joel, very disappointed. Don't let it not be a bear. Why, I can't, said Ben. Twouldn't sound true. Oh, never mind. Make it sound true, insisted Joel. You, you can make anything true. Oh, very well, said Ben, laughing. I suppose I must. Make it two bears, Ben, begged little Phronsie. Oh, no, Phronsie, that's too much, cried Joel. That'll spoil it. Make, make it a big bear. Do, Ben, and have him bite him somewhere and almost kill him. Oh, Joel cried Polly, while David's eyes got bigger than ever. So Ben drew up on his powers as a storyteller to suit his exacting audience, and was making his bear wreck havoc upon poor Tommy in a way captivating to all, even Joel, when, well, I declare, sounded Mrs. Pepper's cheery voice coming in upon them, if this isn't comfortable. Oh, Mammy, cried Phronsie, jumping out of Polly's arms, whether she'd taken refuge during the thrilling tale, running to her mother who gathered her baby up. We've had a bear, a real live bear we have. Ben made him. Have you, said Mrs. Pepper, taking off her shawl, laying her parcel of work down on the table. Now, that's nice. Oh, Mammy, cried Polly. It does seem so good to be all together again. And thank the Lord, said Mrs. Pepper, looking down at her happy little group, and the tears were in her eyes. And children, we ought to be very good and please him, for he's been good to us. The next chapter is called The Cloud Over the Little Brown House, and we will pick that up and do that starting tomorrow morning on the show. McGroinhurt says, Geez, Jay, I thought for sure you were going to shed a tear after that pay-it-forward car thing. I am not ashamed to admit <coughs> that the first time I saw that, I did. Those things just, they get me right there. I'm I just, I'm just built that way. Not some tough old crotchety wrinkled up fart. 
I actually have a, something going on in here. There's a thing ticking away. Things like that always get to me. They always do. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for popping in. Thanks for taking part in the chat. Really appreciate it. If you're a first-time viewer here, just sign up for a free Rumble account. Download the app or use it online, rumble.com. Join us. Sign up for an account. It's free. Then you get to chat in the live chat with all these crazy people. And you also get to follow the show. Give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate that. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Enjoy a good hump day. And I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Jay Sheldon Show. Join us Monday through Friday here on Rumble. Thanks for watching. Snort. <laughs>